All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Well, welcome into a December 13th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Mike McKenna scratching like a cat at his just incredible collection of jerseys. Uh, I'm Tyler Uramchuk. We're getting set for 25 minutes of straight hockey talk. Mike, I know you watched the games last night and loved it. From a goaltending perspective, six games on the slate, only 20 combined goals. Well, 19 if you don't count the ones in the shootout. Unbelievable performance from the tenders last night. Call me Kitty Cat. <laughs> uh dude you're spot on uh, man i really was locked in last night watching nashville and st louis and that was a double shutout that went to overtime until uh until shen managed to score for st louis and take that victory one nothing so it was a good day for the goal of union tyler and we always appreciate a little bit of love on the daily Faceoff live show yet it wasn't the biggest story around the league so let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with the rash of injuries we saw around the league last night in Calgary, you had Mackenzie Weger missing the game with a non-COVID illness, and Elias Lindholm did not play because of injury. You had Cole Caulfield leaving the game for the Montreal Canadiens. He went down with what they're calling an upper body injury. He got steamrolled in that hockey game right in front of his own net, Tim Stutzla. He went down for the Ottawa Senators as well. Jack Eichel has been placed on IR. Mike, so many injuries around the league. Which team are you looking at right now and going, whoa, that situation, that's the most concerning? Yeah, you know, Colorado's probably the obvious one because they're missing a lot of yeah. bodies. But I do have some concerns with Vegas right now. I mean, the team's 5-5 five and five in their last 10, and they haven't been bad. Uh, but they're just in a really grueling stretch of hockey where they're played 12 games in 23 days leading up to the holiday break at Christmas time. And, 
anytime that your club is missing your two best players in each division, you know what I mean by saying they're missing their best player in Eichel as a forward. Alex Petrangelo is out indefinitely due to a family illness. And, you know, first off, hoping everything yeah. turns out okay there for Petro and his family more than anything else. But the reality is on the ice, the Golden Knights are missing their top defenseman. So that's first and foremost. And then you go a little deeper. You got Zach Whitecloud out, who's a mainstay defenseman penalty killer for that club, even Brett Howden as a depth forward. And you just start to wonder, the team's looked a little bit different. They've lost uh, three of their last four games, or played last three of the last four games without Eichel. And it's just a different dynamic for that club, and especially how weighted they are between big contracts uh, and the smaller contracts with Petro and Eichel out. Uh, I, I want to see how Vegas gets through this next stretch, especially in December, uh, and hopefully get people back into their lineup. But as you know, Tyler, there's no shortage around the league. There are plenty of teams out there that are hurting right now. Yeah, there are a lot of teams. And the one that I'm looking at with kind of a raised eyebrow is the situation in Calgary. And it's not bad yet because we don't know what's going on with Lindholm. And Uyghur is just sick. So you're that, that's obviously not going to be a long-term thing. But Chris Tanev also could be hitting the shelf here. And I look at that and go, for a team in Calgary who I didn't love their depth to begin with, and if you're suddenly missing Tanev, and we saw in the playoffs last year how much missing a guy like Chris Tanev hurt their blue line, and if you're going to be missing Lindholm for any considerable stretch of time, like at least with Vegas, Mike, they had that hot start and they can sit on that a little bit. If you were to have a exactly. rough 10 to 12 games because of injury, you're going to be fine. You're probably still going to be leading the Pacific. If the Flames have a rough 10 to 12 games because of injury, oh boy, that could be a problem. Yeah, it could be the season. You know, I mean, we even saw Nazem Kadri leave the game for a little bit last night. So um, I agree with you with, with Calgary, especially it's a worry. Uh, Vegas, you hope it's a bump in the road. But again, whenever you get that kind of split with your contracts between the big dogs and the little guys, boy, you miss a couple of the big dogs and things change dramatically. So lots to play out in the Pacific, especially on the Western Conference, the NHL. On a personal perspective, you wonder about Tim Stutzla as well, and you're hoping that's nothing serious. Um, but that's a guy who throughout his career, as you get a look here on the screen at the injury, upper body, they're saying shoulder, some are saying elbow. Um, that's a guy who throughout his career has battled a lot of injuries. He's only been in the mm -hmm. league for a couple of seasons. And as you can see here, there's starting to rack up. So you certainly hope a, a, a guy as talented as Stutzla isn't fighting too much of an injury bug going forward. But let's move along to the Board of Governors meeting in the NHL. We obviously had Frank Saravalli on the show yesterday. Uh, Gary Bettman speaking right now as we're live. And Frank sending out an update on the big thing that everyone's wondering. And that would be the salary cap. Frank saying, Gary Bettman. The NHL now projecting a $70 million remaining escrow balance at the end of the season, which would result in the salary cap rising by just $1 million this summer to $83.5 million. Bettman not willing to say whether a negotiation with the PA for a larger increase is possible. And we'd heard this. It was, if the players pay off the debt quickly, the cap could go up by $4.5 million or up to $4.5 million. If the debt is not paid off in full, it was only going to go up by a million. This is substantial news, Mike, because I'm sure there are a lot of general managers reading this tweet from Mr. Saravalli and going, boy, my my next summer is going to be a whole heck of a lot more stressful if this thing doesn't go up by that full four and a half. 
that's because what we were expecting. Wow, we're going to get this big yeah. bump. And now all of a sudden, oh, you know, so if you've had your eye on a big free agent signing this next summer, you may have to completely circle the wagons as an NHL GM and figure out a different course of action. But I don't think anybody should really be too caught off guard by this, Tyler. I mean, you're asking the players to, to potentially pay down that escrow in advance, and it would take some further negotiation. So um, I'm not surprised by this, especially the NHL being kind of as conservative as it's been previously to stay the course and make sure things go well. Um, and you know, what was interesting. I took yesterday out of those meetings, Tyler, was that it was Gary Bettman's 30th anniversary in the mm-hmm. big chair since he was elected commissioner of the National Hockey League. Do you know how old he was when he was elected, Tyler? Take a guess. I would have been 45, maybe. No, he was 40. How close? Am I? Okay, 40. Okay, I'm 39. Like, could you imagine <laughs> me running the NHL? I can't. No. Like that's that's a great, it's amazing to think and 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 you know the longevity that Batman's had. Like there's been moments that of course have driven people crazy. Three lockouts. I think uh, the handling of concussions left a bad taste in players' mouths. But you know there's been things too that have really progressed this his career and and the NHL. And you know for me one of the key things was July 10th when they extended this CBA that we're just talking about. They got it through the 2025-26 season. It got everything through COVID. I think that was a monumental undertaking that when we look back at Bettman's tenure, we'll say, man, they really managed to handle COVID well. They got the bubbles in, they got the season done, and they were able to create some peace in the labor market you know, for the foreseeable future, clear until 2026. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Another thing that's kind of a black cloud on Bettman would be Olympic participation. And that's something that Bill Daly touched on at the Board of Governors meeting, saying the next World Cup is scheduled for 2025, shortly ahead of the 2026 Winter Games. He said it's not problematic for them from a scheduling standpoint to do those in back-to-back. He added a little bit of extra context, saying the PA has been clear that players are not going if they don't get what they've normally gotten in relation to terms and conditions with things such as insurance and travel costs as well. Uh, There was an Ottawa Senators update that they are starting to reach the stage of prospective buyers looking into the Senators' finances as well. If you want more on the Board of Governors meeting, Frank Saravalli has one recap up on the site and you'll have another one up shortly. So head to dailyfaceoff.com. Sticking in the topic of off-ice conversations, multiple reports out of Vancouver that the team tabled their captain, Bo Horvat, a contract and Bo Horvat promptly rejected that contract and that is leading to a lot of speculation that Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine are going to be forced to turn their attention to trading number 53. He's having an incredible season. He's got a five and a half million dollar cap it. He's a UFA at the end of the year. If Horvat is indeed on the market, he is immediately the premier rental piece around the NHL. A centerman, kills penalties, produces offense, can do so much for you and feels like a guy who would only get better as a playoff run gets longer and longer. As we look around the league at potential contenders, Mike, who do you see as as a GM who should be licking his chops at the chance to get Horvat in his lineup? Well, I think the Wildwood. I also think the Islanders would be a really good fit. He seems Horvat really seems like a Lou Lamarillo type of player, um, and he can play center wing. He's versatile, uh, and I could even see that being a trade and then Lou tries to extend him like he did previously with even J.G. Pajot and other deadline pickups. But my biggest one's the Hurricanes. They need help down the middle. Jesper Kaki in the Emmy hasn't been able to grab a number two role. Their power play's awful, 27th in the league. Bo Horvat has eight power play goals. Like, if you want an instant shot in the arm 
Bo Horvat's going to do that for the Carolina Hurricanes power play. Uh, they also have Max Pacioretty coming back. That's a very different looking team if they could pull off Horvat and Pacioretty in the lineup. It thinks to me it'd just be a matter of what they'd have to give up. Maybe some defensive prospects. They have a couple of those. Scott Morrow, Alexander Nikishin could all be maybe somebody that would be enticing to the Vancouver Canucks. Um, but for me, that's it. I think Carolina would be a great fit. Uh, I'd really like Horvat in that sweater. How about you, Tyler? For me, I, I'm looking in the Western Conference, and I'm eyeing up the Colorado Avalanche. That's a team that lost Nazem Kadri over the offseason, and for me, Horvat would be a pretty darn good replacement there. And if you're Vancouver, yeah, you want some future assets, and Colorado does still have their first-round pick for the upcoming season. But what about adding a piece that could maybe benefit from a change of scenery and could help you a little bit quicker than maybe a draft pick? And I'm looking at, and this would help with the salaries as well, what about Sam Gerrard as a target for the Vancouver Canucks? That's a guy who the Avs might have to move off their blue line for salary reasons if they want in, want to bring in an impactful forward piece like Bo Horvat. So I threw on my uh, armchair GM EA Sports NHL mode hat, Mike. Sam Gerrard and like a first-round pick for Bo Horvat and Luke Shen. To me, that's a deal oh, where boy. Vancouver, yes, you get the first-round pick. That'll somewhat help you. But Gerard, he's in your lineup. You need D-men. And from Colorado's perspective, you replace Gerard with a more rugged shutdown guy. Fits your style more. And you get Bo Horvat and the salaries worth. Man, I, that's a big swing. If, you, if that happens, you definitely deserve a... You deserve a nice uh, gift card from DoorDash, I'd have to say. That would be the <laughs> appropriate thing to happen for you. Throughout the first couple of months of the season, we've been taking a look at a few different individual awards. And the one we haven't really dug into is the Jack Adams. And we're going to do that now. There are a lot of options. It feels like in past years, there's always just kind of been one or two that grab hold of the race early. And it's like, okay, these guys, their teams are off to great starts. They're probably going to be in the conversation at the end of the year. This year, honestly, I think you can go in every division and find one or two coaches who are just doing some great things this year. I look at the way even a guy like Mike Sullivan has taken the Penguins from their slow start with all their injuries and found a way to keep their heads above water. Uh, but when you look around the league, Mike, who's someone that stands out to you as a potential early Jack Adams favorite? You know, the easy answer is Jim Montgomery, and I think he'd be very worthy of it as the Boston Bruins head coach. There was just so many question marks surrounding that team, especially with health at the start of the year. Marchant was out, McAvoy. They're now back in the lineup, and, and it didn't miss a beat there in Boston. But it was largely the same team uh, as Bruce Cassidy had last year. Of course, there's little tweaks, especially with David Krejci back. But um, I think that that's just a reinvigorated club that's playing faster and better than I've ever seen. I think a big credit to that is Montgomery. Um, but Tyler, I got to give a mask tip to Rick Bonus and Pete DeBoer out in the Central. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even have the Jets as a playoff team, and here they are leading the Central. I did think that, pat myself on the back, I thought that the Dallas Stars would be second in the Central yep. this year. That's where they are right now under Pete DeBoer. So um, those are the ones I really have my eye on. I think Montgomery might be a front runner, but man, Jets keep it up. Rick Bonus deserves a lot of love. Yeah, I mean, Winnipeg and Dallas. You nailed Dallas. A lot of people had Winnipeg. Well, they had both those teams outside of the playoff picture, quite frankly, in the Central. And the work that Bonus and DeBoer done have, has been incredible. Bruce Cassie in Vegas, you mentioned him. They are leading the way in the Pacific. I, I'm going to go to the East, though, for my pick. And I'm going to look at the New Jersey Devils. I mean, how many people had this team as even being a group that could contend for a playoff spot. I think everyone thought they could maybe take a step forward. And granted, a big part of this has been goaltending with a guy like Vitek Vanacek being as solid as he's been. But for me, my prediction at the beginning of the year was that Lindy Ruff was going to be the first coach fired 
So I feel like I kind of owe it to him to pick him as my early season Jack Adams favorite. You think of that long winning streak, the fact they're 21-5-2 on the year as well. And I mean, the Devils fans as well. I think that's been one of the best moments of the year. They boo rough in the first home game. They have the sorry Lindy chant just a few weeks later as the team sorry is on the Peter it was great, Sorry, right? And I don't know. I feel, Lindy. I feel like what he's done there, and again, they're missing a guy like Andre Palat, who like they've fought through injuries. The way the Devils are playing to be leading the Metro, a tough division, by the margin that they're leading it, Ruff deserves a lot of love for that. I totally agree. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I feel like this is the closest class we've seen in quite a while. Yeah. The, the last, the last two thirds of the season is is really gonna dictate. I think it may even come down to that last third, who's in playoffs, who finishes off the year strong. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it is 12 days till Christmas, 13 days until Boxing Day, which means the World Juniors are just around the corner. Let's dig into things with Stephen Ellis in the next wave. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Always a pleasure to welcome in Stephen Ellis for the next wave delivered by our friends at DoorDash. And Stephen, yesterday, Team Canada named their final roster for the upcoming World Junior Hockey Championships in Halifax. And let's start with the easy kind of cliche question. The biggest surprise cuts in your opinion? Well, for me, it goes to Carson Lambos, who was on that team in the summer and he only played the one game, but I thought he still looked great. Um, it, the season and this seemed like a guy that was going to step into a top four, maybe in a top pairing role where, uh, you know, he's, he could play a bit physical, but he's a good puck mover. He could kind of set guys up really well. So to have him cut, that seemed like a big surprise, but, uh, this is a Canadian defense core that I think is going to be really physical. Um, so for that alone, it's going to be, I think one where, okay, well, uh, they, 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 they're really big. There's a couple six foot four guys, a couple six foot five guys, and it feels like they're not too confident in their goaltending. And maybe they just need this more physical shutdown defense to kind of make that work. And it's a shame because Lambos is a, a fantastic defenseman, but I think that uh, they, they made their choice. You know, I think going into camp, there's a lot of competition, especially at center ice. You know, World Juniors is always like that. There's plenty of names to choose from, but you got to have a strong spine. And, you know, I looked around, look at this lineup, and to me, that might be one of the surprising areas is the four that were chosen right down the middle. So how about you, for you, Stephen, who's the biggest surprise to make this club? 
for me, it's Caden Bankier uh, for the Kamloops Blazers. And this is a guy that he had 60 points last year, which is good. You know, that's uh, what you expect. But he was an overage prospect. So I don't think anyone kind of thought anything too much of it. He was playing on a team that had a lot of scoring to begin with. But for him this year, he's he's been on an absolute roll. He's a Minnesota Wild prospect. He's got 33 points in 24 games. And uh, he's got almost a goal per game. Uh, so this is someone who really had to work his way into the lineup because he never played for Canada in the past and any other events. So he wasn't really on their radar. And... He was a bit of a late bloomer, and uh, I think maybe losing that season to COVID didn't help. But uh, going out there and, and, and making an impact at this camp, the one thing scouts will say about him is he's one of the hardest working players you'll see uh, as a prospect right now, and he's had to prove people wrong a lot. So for him to fight his way onto this lineup as a centerman, uh, I think he'll probably play on the wing, but uh, th this team has so much center depth, and there were some pretty talented guys that were let off. So I think that's a, that's a pretty big uh, decision there by Canada to bring him. It almost feels like a part of the World Junior holiday tradition here in Canada, Stephen, is looking at the goaltending for Team Canada and kind of gulping and going, oh boy, how are they going to find a way to get through this? Because it, it's almost consistently the biggest weakness on the team. How do you feel about the Canadian goaltending heading into this tournament? Well, uh, you just kind of have to be good enough. And I think Canada's got th that pat. Uh, ben Gujo was fantastic at the U18s a couple of years ago, and maybe, maybe not the greatest stats in the world, but it's like he made the big saves when it mattered, and he would. it wasn't his fault that his team would allow nine or ten shots a game. They were just that good that year, um, but I think he's, he's one of the better goalie prospects someone that I think is going to take, uh, to really get people to notice him at this tournament. But he will have a short leash if he ends up starting because Thomas Millick was, uh, he, he's almost had a perfect record this year. He's playing on a good team out in the WHL. Uh, I think the thing here is you're looking at one goalie who's a little bit bigger, and that's Goudreau, and bigger goalies definitely have a bit more success in this tournament outside of, you know, uh, Devin Levi, who seemed to kind of ignore that narrative altogether. But uh, it's something where uh, Millick has been at, with Canada in the past, other tournaments, he's been a backup, and Gujo has been a starter. So I think we're going to see Gujo Milk in that order, but I think it's mostly interesting they didn't bring a third goalie. They had room for a, a 23rd roster spot they could have used on a goalie, and they elected to go with two. That's always risky. Yeah, no kidding, especially heading into a tournament where it just seems like weird things always find a way to happen. That is a little risky. I appreciate the insight. As always, Stephen, the next wave delivered by DoorDash, where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25, get yourself 25% off, and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Chat with you next week. Wait, no, you're on the show tomorrow hosting. Chat with you tomorrow, Stephen. See you tomorrow. Moving along to the daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. If you think back to yesterday with Frank Saravalli, he mentioned that maybe there were a few people lurking around the Board of Governors meeting wondering, is it time for the NHL to look into changing up their playoff format in a similar way that the NBA did? So the question, point blank, Mike, would you be in favor of a playoff format change? No, man, it should be hard to make playoffs. Half the teams already make it. How many more? Like, you don't deserve to play for the Stanley Cup unless you're one of the top 16 teams during the 82-game regular season. You have 82 games to make it, Tyler. I think it's cut and dried. But I could be convinced if all that extra revenue could help fund lifetime health care for the alumni, I'm all in. You can put as many clubs in as you want, but I don't see that happening. So I think we're stuck at 16. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I like 16. Like 16 of 32. It is just a nice, even number. The top half get a chance to play for the trophy. 
The other half, go home early. I just think it's so easy. And sometimes you're just creating. And actually, you know what? Here, I'll share with you this quote from Gary Bettman today when he was asked about this. He said, you're looking to fix a problem that doesn't exist. The first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs is unbelievable. It's the best action, I would say, on the sports calendar. Opinion might be a little biased, but that's what I believe. And when you look at the NBA, they are trying to fix a problem. The first round of their playoffs is typically boring a lot of sweeps a lot of quick series in the nhl it's the best and i don't want to see the nhl in bettman's words try to fix a problem that doesn't exist i'm going to hit you with a little bonus question here it comes in from darcy in our youtube chat who asked if you're surprised that there haven't been any major trades yet this season what's your take on that i think it's still a little bit early with the cap world it's made everything really difficult i do expect when the nhl comes back from holiday break i think by new year's I think we're going to see our first big move by, let's say, the first week of January. That'd be my best guess. Yeah, and Prescott agreed with you in the chat. He said there's lots of teams up against the cap right now. No one has any space to wiggle. Also, it's been a really, really tight race. Like, there's way more teams. Last year, we talked about this yesterday. Last year, by this point, we knew who the eight playoff teams were in the East. It was easy for teams to identify themselves as a buyer or a seller. A lot of teams right now stuck in that sort of purgatory in the middle so i do think we'll have to wait a little bit longer for some major trades to break let's move along to our daily bet segment brought to you by points bet canada went two and one last night missed on the over because well none of the games hit the over uh, but i did nail both my shot props so let's keep it rolling with three bets for tonight starting with a matchup between the oilers and the predators leon dreisaitl has earned the nickname the mayor of smashville because all he does is dominate the nashville predators in the last three seasons he's faced off against them seven times he has 14 goals and seven assists that is not a mistake he is averaging two goals and an assist every game over the last three years against the predators and you can get him at plus 115 to go over just a point and a half tonight i'm all over dry continuing his dominance of the preds the jets are minus 135 on the money line against the golden knights we talked about the golden knights and just how banged up they are mike so i like taking Winnipeg in this hockey game. Been a decent home team so far this year. This is a game where Connor Hellebuck should start. And once I see him as confirmed on daily faceoff, I am laying a wager on the Jets' money line at minus 135. And finally, to wrap things up, I'm heading out to the Sabres and Kings matchup where it very well could be Craig Anderson against Phoenix Copley. And we talked yesterday about how Copley is on a nice little run. But I still like the over in this game. The line is moving towards the over as well. If you bet it earlier this morning, you would have gotten it around minus 120. It's now minus 140. Regardless, good spot. The over's hit in four of the last five for the Sabres. Eight of the last ten for them as well. For the Kings, it's only hit in two of the last five. But in every game where it's been missing, the total's been at five or six goals. So they haven't been these low-scoring 2-1, 3-1 games. There have been goals. And against Buffalo tonight, it's just been an over machine. I like this total to go over six and a half. So those are my three plays for this evening, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. Check them out if you're in Ontario. And now we will wrap up with a little garbage time. Mike, what do you got? Well, it turns out that hockey is truly for everyone, even football players, because look at this. We've got Eli Manning of NFL fame, who I believe lives in the New Jersey area. I want to say, I'm not sure of that. His daughter, Caroline, on the ice as a goaltender. Can you believe it? This is actually terrible. Get her out of the net, Eli. Don't let her do this again. <laughs> this is going to be horrible for you. I'm living this reality right now with two kids, uh, both my daughters wanting to play goaltender. Um, 
I, I actually love this. This is so cool. Uh, and this is something that USA Hockey does in conjunction with Pure Hockey. They provide quick change goalie equipment to youth organizations so that kids can try goaltender. It's great. It's fast. The, the coaches can put it on their kids really quickly. But here's the only problem, and I tweeted this. The way Caroline Manning is holding that stick, she wants to be a full right goalie. I can tell. She wants to be right-handed. And the only gloves in the bag with this quick change set or the blocker on the right hand, glove on the left. Please provide both. I know it's an extra cost. I get that. But we get so many kids that when they get older, have the glove on the same hand that they catch a baseball with, and they're shooting the opposite direction of how they would as a normal player. And it hampers them. You look at all the best puck handling goalies, most of the goalies really in the NHL, Jake Allen, Marc-Andre Fleury, Carey Price, those guys that could really fire it. They shoot left-handed as a player and as a goalie. I shot right-handed as a player and as a goalie. Um, so just a little side piece there. Side, A little side note that I would say for this, but this is really cool. It's fun to see somebody from another sport uh, being this involved in hockey and their kids enjoying it. And and give it a go, Caroline. Just uh, the puck hurts. Um, best of luck, I'll say. Uh, you're going to drive your parents crazy in the future if you stick with this. Uh, I do love that idea of providing some quick change gear because you always hear the biggest barrier into playing that position is the cost of it. So if organizations could do yeah. a little bit to help that, it's it's only going to be better for the sport going forward. Fantastic stuff from you, Mr. McKenna. Shout out to everyone who was in in the YouTube chat. That was one of our busiest days there. You guys were fantastic. That's going to be a wrap on today's show. Look forward to chatting with everyone once again, noon Eastern tomorrow. In the meantime, keep it locked on dailyfaceup.com and enjoy a full Tuesday night of NHL hockey. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.